This episode of the MFG Cast is sponsored by BattleBards. BattleBards is your premium tabletop audio for your RPGs, tabletop games, etc. From sound effects to monsterscapes. Soundscapes. <laughs> to scripts and languages. If it's passage y'all be seeking, it won't be comfortable or cheap. Go, Dasek, Bikil, Sariv, Shotleg, Nomeno, Munthrek, Sariabskile. And last but not least, incredible musical scores. Not only can you get this great fantasy audio, but you can get something free from the MFG Cast with coupon codes. Use the MFG Cast code MFGCast1 when buying the $10 and $25 packages and get the Soul Forging score music. And get the score music Dwarf Temple the Soul Forging. Use the code MFGCast2 when buying your $50 and $100 packages to receive five free tracks, including I Monster Combat. Behold Extermination, the Soundscape Dungeon, Dungeon of Lost, Inhabited, the NPC Script, Armor Smith, Steel and Silk, and Sound Effect, Short Bow, Arrow Barrage. And lastly, with using your MFG Cast 3 code for the $150 and $300 packages, you get a total of 10 tracks, which is one full album, including the score, Dark Elf City, Morning Doer, the Sound Effect, Magic Missile Spell, the Monsterscape, Common, Giant, Torture, Hill Giant, and Entertaining at Home. The Racial Language, Orcish, or Brood, Lashes Out. And, and the Soundscape, Castle Ruins, Ruins of the Black Castle at Night. Use those codes to not only get wonderful Battle Bards music, but to get something free from us. And get your MF game on. And now, back to the show. This is MFG Cast. Hey guys. Hey, I'm Kurt. 
This is Dan. This is Kim. Another episode, we are doing a spotlight on a particular board game designer. Which one? Oh, you're just going to have to tune in to find out. I'm going to hand over the reins to Dan because this was Dan's idea and... This is going to be interesting and maybe even good for some people because I won't be talking as much because <laughs> this is about a board game designer, which I have not played yet, but I'm interested in hearing about it from Dan. And then also I'm going to throw in some of my own questions. Um, we're going to be talking about, is it Andrew Fister? Feister? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure he's incredibly flattered by uh, yeah, your butchering exactly. Hey, it is Alexander Fister. Alexander Fister. There we go. Before we talk about what he has, or before we have the discussion about his games, hey, we're going to talk about now playing. And so now, now playing, I'm going to throw it over to Dan and Kim. <laughs> All right. So uh, recently we've been, we held a uh, board game night and it actually went pretty well. I played Ticket to Ride for the very first time. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was really fun. And I won. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, That's always good. I don't know how I pulled it off, but... Because um, <laughs> having the most contiguous train mm-hmm. kind of threw me off because it has to go, like, it, can, it can't, like... What did they say? Like, it can't go It can't back. branch off. You can... You can't branch off, yeah. Yeah, yeah one continuous line. So if you... Line. Yeah, so if you got to branch off too much in a certain area, that doesn't really count. Yeah. And, like, I only won by that by a few because you were, like, four points away from yeah, that. Yeah, you won it by three points, I yeah. think, or four points. It was nice. And I got, like... I was so worried about the tickets because everything was kind of so spread out. And I was kind of, like, sticking to the left side of the board. And I saw people, like, they started to the left, and they just automatically branched out to the right side. So when I got the tickets, I was just making sure I didn't get any tickets that would be penalties for me because I just wanted to complete each route. So I think that's what kind of helped me. Plus, nobody really paid any attention to me. I was kind of (laughs) quiet. So no one kind of, like, basically cut me and cut in front of me. Yeah, it was else. it was kind of like a low aggressive, which was kind of cool because everyone was just going for their tickets. Nobody was really playing blocks. Mm-hmm. But once again, I kept running into my same problem with that game where I'm always like, I want more tickets, but I only got like 20 trains left. And what if I can't do any of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to take a chance on that game because you're just like, okay, I could really do great and just really kick everybody's ass or I could get completely screwed. So... That was fun. And then we moved on to Potion Explosion. Nice. Um, this is one that we've been wanting to play for a while. Yeah. This one I, I had to put on my 10 by 10 because nice. I want to get a lot of plays out of this. And I have not yet won because Dan won the first game. And then... I think Dan won the second game and Dan won the third game so far. Yeah. Well, I've only played twice. We played the first oh, yeah, time when I first got it, and you, I think you won the second game. But I like it because not only um, because I'm a fan of Ikea, you get to put the board, the little <laughs> thing together to put the marbles in. I was able to I put that together. And then when you put the marbles in, basically uh, you have to try to not manipulate them, which is hard yeah. because when you pour it in there, you know, it's very easy to kind of, like, slightly turn your hand so maybe the the marbles will go into the other slots. 
Okay, all right. So, um, but, no, I'm saying when you first load them in. Yeah. And also, like, whenever you finish potions and you dump the ingredients back, it's very hard to not be like, well, maybe I'll just put those on the left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Almost it's like that Candy Crush style type where mm-hmm. uh, if colors, when you take off a, uh, an ingredient, when two of the same colors touch after that, that causes an explosion, and then you also have to take those of the same color. And when you take those, and then two more of the same color hit same thing. So you got to keep taking them until you get two colors that hit each other that don't match. Mm-hmm. So you can end up with a lot of ingredients, which might be a good thing, but sometimes a bad. Because yeah. other times you won't need all those ingredients to fill potions. So you're just like dumping them back anyway. Yeah. But yeah, so if it's like, so if it's a yellow, blue, red, blue, yellow marble set, like you take out that red, the two blues hit, you get both those blues. Now the two yellows hit, you get both those yellows. So sometimes you might only get one marble or other times you might get like 11 if things work out really well. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can like drink the potions too, like give special effects, which I like. So you have to swallow the marbles? That sounds dangerous. No. <laughs> well, they're small marbles. So, I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah, the that's true. easy. That's true. I mean, we got most of them back already, so that's not yeah. true. Yeah, sure they come out, come out harder than they <laughs> swallow them, man. Sure. And then, of course, we had to play uh, the game of 49. Well, if I can quick tag on to Potion Explosion. Oh, Potion Explosion. Uh, two things that I definitely love about the game is uh, when you got it on the table, people take notice. Like, this, is, there's no board games like this out there. Mm-hmm. So it, I, it, it looks... Just the look of it, like me seeing pictures online, it's just like this game just looks fucking cool. Yeah, and what's awesome is, I think this is like a great game that you can bridge the gap for non gamers, mm-hmm. because somebody can just look at this and go, "Oh, I understand what's happening." Yeah, like you don't have to explain every step of the way. It's like, oh, you get those marbles. Those blue marbles go on the blue portions. Red yeah. marbles go on the red parts of the book. Like, there's no like hidden tricks or whatever, and then. One thing I love is the drinking the potions. There was another game called Alchemy where you can make potions and then drink them, but you lost victory points. And the trade-off never seemed good. You know, it's like, oh, like, because it's a race of victory points. So it's like, I give up a victory point to get this effect, but it's not like that effect really nets you two victory points or anything. So why would you do it? You know, it's like when you're hoping to break even, that's not really good for a game mechanic especially if your whole concept is alchemy and potions, this thing, the potions seem awesome and fun and you want to use them. And I love that this game has that. Like, this is the alchemy game I've been looking for. Like, chaos and alchemy, ah, that's kind of fun. Like, alchemy, that was all right. Like, alchemist is something totally different. Yeah. But for a game of I'm throwing crap together in a pot and I'm going to make these awesome potions, this thing actually did what I want. Yeah. Which is, you know, awesome. Yeah, for sure. And just tagging on the whole idea of bridging the gap with gamers, too. It's like, how many people do you know play an app game that's like Candy Crush or a balloon pop or something like that where you just match the match the colors? You know, it's simple. So, uh, like, that, this is one that I will say, uh, this this is a great thing you can bring to, like, family gatherings. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can yeah, even show it to, like, your mom and dad and they'll get it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, uh, so what else did you get to play that night? Game 49. Which is your favorite? It is. Even even if I got trashed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kim, uh, Kim trounced one game. Uh, our friend Paula trounced the other game. But Game of 49 is also always fun. My, my favorite is um, at one point, I was sure I was going to be able to put the block on somebody. I had like $74. 
and I thought they were a little lower, but I don't know. I'm like, so I'm like, all right, you know what? 74 bucks. And they just go 82. Oh no. And then that was it. Game over. <laughs> nice. One other game we got to play recently was Cavern Tavern. It's okay. It's a, it's a dice placement, almost like Kingsburg. Mm-hmm. The only thing we found in the game is, um, I liked Kingsburg more. Yeah. I thought Kingsburg more of Kingsburg. It didn't leave you with choices where like, oh great, I'll go here instead. Like the the Cavern Tavern, it seemed like the one strategy our friend was playing, Mark, he kept like going doing like the kitchens and that's how he got like some of the ingredients. Yeah. Well But like the victory points he got from the kitchens seemed a lot more than when we went to, like, all the other places. Yeah, so, like, the breakdown of the game is heroes are coming in, and there's, like, ten different ingredients to make their favorite drinks. Mm-hmm. So you're allocating dice to get those ingredients. And then there's also tracks, where it's, like, there's a kitchen track, a cleaning track, and then one other. I can't remember what the last one was. And then there's also, like, the the boss is getting pissed at you track, where you can get these, like, negative okay. status cards. And uh, every time a customer is waiting, you get one of those negative status cards. Game is like 12 rounds, so you got a fixed clock. Like, you know the end of the game is on that horizon. But the only thing is, um, if you roll, like, if you just kind of roll low for a couple of turns in a row, you kind of lost early. And that's what happened. Like, I kind of got that. And then my whole goal was just slamming uh, whoever was in lead. Because I'm like, all right, well, if I'm in last, I need to drag. Like, I can't pull up, so I need to pull you back. And the penalty cards are pretty swingy. Like, they're anywhere from, like, like oh, lose one point in this track. It's like, okay, whatever. To, like, oh, lose all your ingredients. And it's like, oh, sweet. I just lost my last four actions, and now I'm going to get negative 28 points. Cool. You know, it's <laughs> like, and, and there's no rhyme or reason. It's not like there's uh, three different tiers of bad cards. They're just, like, could be a slap on the wrist or we're cutting off your hands. And you mm. don't know until you get it. It was yeah. a game off a of Kickstarter, and uh, like it kind of shows a little bit. It's a game that I think if workshopped a little bit could be improved. But yeah. I, I like the idea. But unfortunately, like the execution was like a, a little rough. And it's like anytime uh, in a game where it's turn five and somebody dusted you, you just kind of like you know it has that. Great, I get to get to get seven more rounds and get my ass kicked. Please yeah. continue. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, so, you know, yeah. That was like so and you know sweet. the end is bleak. It's hard to continue. Yeah, it's like oh sweet. Next turn you get fourteen and I lose all of mine. <laughs> this is gonna be grand, you know. But yeah, like I mean, it was it was okay. Like it wasn't amazing. But one other game we got to play again, we played a few times recently. Was Arctic Scavengers. I think I told you about it off air a few times. It's a deck builder where you actually fight each other for like these precious resources. So that game is really cool because you really do feel like you're in that wasteland. Like you're recruiting like uh, gang members, snipers, survivalists, all these things like that. And basically the like the prize deck is 14 cards. Every turn you're fighting for one of those. And that's also the clock in the game. So it's a deck builder with a fixed clock, which is kind of nice because, you know, sometimes you're playing a deck builder and you think it's going to be over in two rounds. And then it goes like 15 more. <laughs> <laughs> Those are always fun, especially when it's at the end of the night. And you're like, oh, my God, just end it, please. Yeah. Or even worse, like, you know, you can end it. And you're like, I just I just need eight power or runes. Or whatever. And you're like, God, yeah, it, damn it. <laughs> and, you ne- and you never get it. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, nobody else's deck will allow them to get it either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you have to wait for your dream hand, and they have to wait for your dream hand, and everyone's <laughs> unhappy. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yep, I've had a couple of deck building games end with, okay, we're giving up, right? Yep, okay, we're done now. Yeah, it's like, it's 11 o'clock, I think we can go to bed. Yeah, what's cool is Arctic Scavengers never has that. What's cool who is... Makes it, that, who makes that game? I can't think of it. Uh, Rio Grande, it. actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. The the funny enough was the other day Cool Stuff Inc. had uh, the recon expansion as the deal of the day. Mm-hmm. Normally it's thirty dollars, and as the deal of the day it was four dollars. Wow. And here's why. Because they have a ton of that expansion that nobody's buying because nobody can buy Arctic Scavengers because it's out of print again. So it's oh, like <laughs> it's like here's the expansion for the game you can't buy. Why would I want it? Uh we'll give it to you for four dollars. Yeah. I still can't use it, though. I'm just waiting until eventually they just include it free in every purchase of $100 or more. So Good, good luck, people. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, uh, I picked it up, like, when it first got reprinted, uh, like, I think it was, like, early last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grabbed it then because I was like, oh, man, I heard good things it about this. It came with the expansion, too. Yeah, like, they reprinted the base game and then the base game with both expansions. Nice. And it was a difference of $10. Wow. So I'm like, yeah, that. Why would I not? You know. <laughs> one last game I got to play. I'm only gonna go into a little light because we. I only got to play it like one and a half times, kind of. Uh, <laughs> Empire's Age of Discovery. Oh, nice. Uh, Kim got it for me for Christmas. It's actually it is awesome. It, it's a worker placement, but you have 50 plastic do like plastic minis. Actually, even more. I think you got like 70 or something. Uh, plastic miniatures as your workers. But what's awesome is they're all different. And they do different things. Like you have like 30 like base worker colonists and they just generally just do the actions, right? Like, you know, they just do it as is, but there's also like a captain that if he does the exploration, he does it better. And there's a merchant that when you have him go settle a colony, he earns you income because he's creating trade routes. And there's a, um, a missionary that when he colonizes, actually doubles the points of uh of like for claiming the area because he is spreading the the word of the lord and like mm-hmm. recruiting others to like the faith so it's the fact that it's a worker placement where there's different workers and those workers behave differently is an awesome idea and this game executes it amazingly i like i mean on the back of the box they noted like like over 500 miniatures and i'm like oh god damn yeah um <laughs> But they're super tiny. They're like uh, almost like the equivalent of like Rune Wars, like you know, like just like small base, small miniatures. Okay. But it is very cool. Um, one of the other neat aspects is there's six different nations, and they all have asynchronous powers. So if you want to play like the, uh, I guess like advanced game or something, you can do that. Where like, um, you know, like oh, like when this con- once per era, like this, uh, this nation can like double its effect in combat and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh that's another thing too that's actually kind of cool I, I left that out uh even though it's a worker placement and like area control on the board you can send soldiers into your colonies and you can actually just uh gun people the fuck down in other yeah. areas to take their stuff Go to war. nice yeah so it's and like the two actions like uh the fighting spot is a battle which is just like two areas and that's for you know like one worker and it's free or you can go to war, which requires a worker, and it's like 10 coins, but every one of your colonies can fight. And I'm like, holy shit, that sounds awesome. And uh, <laughs> so when me and Kim were playing, like uh, the time we got to play the full game, 
I was like, I put a couple soldiers out, and I'm like, I'm thinking almost like, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm gonna take her shit at the end of the game. And just out of nowhere, she just drops like nine goddamn soldiers into all these different areas. I'm like, well, this certainly sets back our uh, little militia <laughs> scheme here. <It's> like, <laughs> and then not only that, she ended up taking my shit. And uh, I started to feel like I was in, like, this season of The Walking Dead. Mm. You know, like, at one point, I think Kim even said to me, she's like, you don't get it, Simmons. Half is what I say it is, you know? So, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it it's it's awesome. Like, the the style, the exploration, it's really cool. I mean, like I said, I, I haven't gotten too many plays in. I want to, I really want to, like, start playing every nation with the asynchronous powers just to see how the like you know different plays reward and stuff like that yeah um that's why this game actually made it onto like my 10 by 10 challenge just mainly because of that and uh last one shocker i played some mage wars yep <laughs> <laughs> probably probably never thought i saw that coming huh <laughs> no not yeah. at all one game i got my ass whipped so savagely i wasn't <laughs> able to sit for the second game uh, <laughs> oh it's <was> brutal man <laughs> my friend just um took me apart with like a priest book but a lo- around our local area no one really plays a priest so I had no idea what I was, I was like, ah, whatever. I'm like, you can heal your guys. Who gives a shit? He just like drops out two of these awesome dudes and just annihilates me. And he came and he came flying at me. Like he didn't keep his mage back all hidden and everything. He equipped like this holy weapon and just came charging at me. And I had no idea what was going on. And I was just dead. I was dead in like five rounds. It was brutal, <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun. And then, That's uh, awesome. And then the second game, I was like, all right, well, let's not have that happen again. And I actually actively sought to protect myself from his psycho frenzy. So, nice. But yeah, <laughs> as always, I will once again say, please play Mage Wars, Kurt. I want, you to, I want to see your opinions on it so bad. <laughs> one of these days. One of these days. My theme for what we're playing right now is trying to play stuff that we haven't played. We have lots of games that are on the shame pile. And we're like, okay, we've got to play these games. Well, then, you know, me thinking that we weren't going to get any games for Christmas got a lot of games for Christmas. <laughs> and then sadly and not so sadly, I guess, because of my wife's uh, MS and she gets to spend a lot of money on insurance, they are actually giving back Amazon gift cards. So we use that for more games. That's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. So we played a lot of, we got a lot of games and we played them. Got Champions of Midgard, talked about that in our end of the year thing where, you know, Thought that would be fun for Tracy to play, and we played it, and it's awesome. Um, I like the whole going out and fighting, but also kind of the resource management of it. And I, this game is like one of those games where it's like I think it's even a little bit harder than Waterdeep because I feel like there's not, even though there's probably the same amount of options, it feels like there's not enough options. So then when you go out and you're like, okay, now what the fuck do I do? And you're like every like we played three players and like even with three players i was like i just don't feel like there's enough stuff to get or not you know when somebody you know somebody places something you're like shit you know it's just you know it's so hard to do but i know a lot of people probably don't won't like this game because when you're out fighting you're using dice and that is you know instead of using you know resources to fight you're kind of taking a chance, you know, and hoping that you don't have shitty rolls. I still like that because I think, you know, just like anything in life, you go out there, you're going to take a chance, you know, even if you're fucking prepared, sometimes life takes a dump on you. So guess what? You're going to get dumped on. <laughs> I, lo- 
Yeah. I, I wish that like was in the rulebook. I want that to be in the rulebook for the game. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes life takes a dump on you, so just deal with it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I know what I'm talking about. One quick question on that one. Does that game end on a certain number of rounds or is it like a certain number of victory points or like what's yes, the... It's a, it's a certain number of rounds. Okay. It's like, how many rounds is it, honey? Was it like eight? Yeah, I think it was like eight rounds. So it's similar to Waterdeep like that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I, I dig it. I, the art is cool. You know, rolling the dice is always cool. Um, Logan couldn't figure out the whole the dice as fighters thing, so he kept using his meeples. <laughs> I'm like, dude, no, the dice are your fighters. He kept looking at me like, what? I'm like, yes, these dice are your fighters, not the guys. Your guys are for resources or whatever you're going to be doing, you know, and he just would give me that look, and I would just laugh every time. So I was like, oh, man. So he's so used to it. Logan got a couple of games for Christmas, too. He got Ghostbusters Protect the Barrier, which is basically like a, it's like a roll-and-move game, but you're basically busting ghosts and rooms and stuff like that. So what you have to do is they have, if you have if you guys haven't seen the new uh, movie with the female Ghostbusters, there's this bad guy, and he's trying to open up all these barriers and let in all these ghosts. Well, in this game, what you're doing is you're trying to go, You're, I think there's eight of them, and you got to go into every room and grab this little barrier cube or circle or whatever, and you're supposed to get them out of, out of the building so they don't raise all these ghosts. And then if you get stuck in a building with a ghost, you roll, and if you get a ghost pawn, then you get a ghost out. But also what you're doing is when you roll the dice, one through five... If you roll a one through five, you're putting a ghost in whatever card you flip up because there's rooms with letters on it. So you keep adding okay. ghosts to it. And if you get three or more, if you get up, not three or more, if you get three ghosts, you get this, it's called the, they're haunting the room. So you get this cool, like bigger green fluorescent ghost that you put in there. And if they haunt like six rooms or something like that, then you're, then you're basically done. But if you get all those barriers out and while busting ghosts, then you win everybody wins it's like a co-op thing so i like that so it's, it's cute it's 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 easy you know it's a, a roll and dice game it's a roll move game it's cheaper than the ghostbusters game that they have for idw and the end of even the pieces like themselves are what well, like well like really good quality like they've got little tiny ghosts then they've got the the haunting fluorescent green ghosts and then they've got the main guy i can't remember what his name is but he kind of looks like the Ghostbuster symbol. Okay. That thing, if you see in the movie, you know. But yeah, yeah so I, I like it. It's it's worth the money, I think. Yeah, Rich uh, Rich Summer on Dice Tower talked uh, a few good things about that game too. It sounded pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's worth checking out. Um, another one that Logan didn't like is uh, <laughs> that he got is called Quadrillion. And basically, what this is is you have these four magnetic tiles. And each tile has little spots for like little marble or not marbles, but they're like round spots. And the what you're fitting on on these tiles are basically like Tetris pieces, but they're kind of like circular, but they're also attached. So it's like take your potion explosion marbles and then attach them into like a L shape or uh, four in a four in a group or something like that, and with these magnetic um, with these magnetic tiles, you can place them in certain ways because they're magnetic on all sides and you have to solve the puzzle. So basically if you have like you play the white side, it'll have 
like I don't know I would say a four by four grid but one of them has a black spot on it and you can't cover up that black spot so each of the four tiles will have four black spots and you you have to use all these preset shapes and you have to make that puzzle without okay. covering up any of the circles and it's hard as fuck <laughs> it's like we you know it's like <laughs> like we played it my parents played it uh logan did it my i think my niece is the one that did one of them out of like the 80 that there are and we're just like this is impossible <laughs> and then finally she's like i got it i'm like we're like you're a genius so it's cool. It's it's mind-boggling, but also frustrating. It's like one of those games where it's like, okay, I will do it tomorrow. And then you do it the next day, and you're like, damn it! And you throw it to the side, and you're like, okay, I'll do it the next day. I, um, I have a question. Is it like you look at the box, and it says ages 6 and up, and you're like, get the fuck out of here, 6 and up. Oh, yeah. No, it's like, oh, it's ages 8 to 99 or some junk like that. I'm like, that's <laughs> bullcrap. We also, uh, Logan also got Get Bit which is a cool little game where it's, you know, the whole uh, Mayday games, it's sharks trying to go after the people and it bites off their limbs. Have you it's seen this one yet? I saw, it, I saw it before. I thought it would look cute. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> fact that you actually take the body parts off is hilarious. Yeah, it's totally fun. And it's, yeah, you just basically, you know, you try to put the, you know, you try not to match numbers and then, you know, whoever, I can't remember if it's the highest or lowest number, you get to move your guy to the front of the line, and then whoever ends up in the back at the end gets a part gets of them taken off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really cute. We played uh, New York 1401. That game is super fun, just making skyscrapers and stuff like that. We also played Quadropolis, which is a ton of fun. Forbidden Island. Logan got Temple Run. So if you guys played that Temple Run, the app, they yeah, have a board, I had the played that board game. Yeah, have you played the board game yet? No. That's another game that's super fun. It's like super cheap and super fun. It's just you're rolling dice and you're trying to get move dice and not the monkey dice. So what you do is you have this little uh, this little timer and it goes, doo, 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 you know, it just kind of makes <laughs> it, you know, and then it'll just keep getting faster and faster and faster. And so you have to roll the dice and get what you want and then hit it to stop it or to pause it. And then you get to move that many, and then if you roll that many monkey dice, the money go- the monkey goes after you. Well, the more you hit that too, the more faster and faster it gets, and then someone will get, you know, if you if it makes that monkey noise, then you get eaten right away and you're out. But if you don't, you keep moving. And this board actually has four movable uh, double sided uh, game boards, basically. So you can just keep flipping and keep flipping and keep running and running until the last person is not eaten that's cool so yeah so that's super fun um what else did we play did you play oregon uh-huh. trail recently because i think i saw that in your feed yes oh yeah we've been playing the crap out of that <laughs> oregon loves that game he um, likes writing the tombstones for everyone oh yeah exactly well and plus it's 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 always fun to like see who's gonna die from getting snake bit or you know <laughs> dysentery you know is that like the actual video game though yeah 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 and, and it's, it's awesome and equally as unforgiving and vicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You put, you know, you got like you. If you go for a calamity card, it actually you put that card down. And it says press spacebar, 
and then you pick <laughs> calamity and then you you know hopefully you don't die you know yeah it's super fun it's totally worth the money we bought food fighters and played that finally didn't have, don't have the play anymore so we got to play that got to play perfume which is super fun don't let the don't let the theme fool you that's a fun game uh, on the recommendation of Dan and Kim, we bought Six and Emmett and played that. Logan's not a big fan of that, but we're going to get him to play it more because he's not going to be a turd and let us not play that. I was going to say, does he not like it because mommy and daddy are just brutal and punish him savagely by making him draw? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, he'll do it to us and then he can't take it when he gets it too. What else do we play? One thing I want to touch base with you on too is uh, the Parfum. How did you dig that? I liked it a lot. It's it's cool. It's I, you, have you, you said you guys played that, right? Yeah, we played. The only reason we didn't pick it up is um, it's actually made by the same designer as Fresco, and we saw like a little bit of similarity between the two, and like we had Fresco with some of the expansions, so we're like, mm, you we know, really like need it. Yeah, I was oh, like, great. I didn't want to double. We just got that too. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Wait, you got Fresco also? Yes. <laughs> now I'm curious though because I wonder if it's something like it's weird, like with movies. And books, like if you read a book first and then watch the movie, you like the book better. But yeah. if you watch the movies and read the book better, uh, read the book, the movies is better. So I wonder for them, after they pray fresco, yeah. I wonder if they'll be like, yeah, perf- well, like, yeah. at the same time, well, we're, like, um, we're both we're not, we're super not picky about that kind of stuff either, though. So we'll probably play them both anyway. But yeah. so what, go ahead. I'm sorry. I well, I was gonna say like for me, I mean like I got like Race for the Galaxy with like two different expansions, like you know Race for the Galaxy with this one and Race for the Galaxy with that one and Roll for the Galaxy. So like. For me, like that game, I'm like, hells yeah, I'll play anything that's exactly like it, even if it's just another spinoff. Yeah. But like, we didn't, we don't play Fresco that often. So, a game that was similar to Fresco, mm-hmm. we were like, well, let's play more Fresco instead. So, oh, okay. But I mean, if you like, if you actually dig that genre more, that might be your thing where you're like, Fresco, now Parfum, now back to Fresco, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I liked it because it, it's just, it's, you know, again, it's it's something I wouldn't think of for theme. You know, like perfume. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't. That would not be something I would do. But I I like the little game board that you get, and you can build the you know two size perfume or the three size yeah, perfume, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I liked how that yeah. was. Yeah, I like that, and I like. It's weird because I think it's I think it's really really well balanced too for what people can get, regardless of. Even though you're rolling your uh, perfume dice to see if you, you know, successfully make a perfume or not, or get a what? A, what is that thing? Like get the a, fragrance. The fragrance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's still pretty well balanced because when me and Tracy played, like I was skunking her for a very long time, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, riding high, you know. And then, and then she came back, and and then it was just like, man, it was. It, even though it was still pretty close at the end, I felt like I was like, I'm never going to get back, you know, even though it was still, it still was really close, you know, but it's just, it's crazy how you, and, and another thing that we did, which, which, you know, just playing it for our first time, we, you know, you don't realize you got those little um, water tokens that you can use for rerolls. Well, yeah. We're just spending re- re-rolls left and right at the beginning, and at the end, we're like, oh, fuck, we can't do anything now. We're like, <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, well, obviously, I'm going to get the third and the fourth spot because we're playing two-player game. You can take more than one player roll or whatever, and you're like, okay, obviously, I want to th- I want to roll six dice to see if I can have more of a chance than, you know, doing three or whatever, so... 
yeah, the end was kind of cutthroat at the end. So, so now I'm wanting to play Parfum again, actually, just thinking about all those things. Nice. I know, right? Oh my god, like almost a year. Yeah. But also, we've been playing a lot of stuff on Tabletopia too, which has been fun. We just played a little bit of uh, Villages of Valeria, and I definitely want to play that a lot more because there's so much strategy in that game. It's just like, you know, just like Dan said, it's just kind of like San Juan where it's, you know, there's different roles and ways to do it. And I was like, we were just kind of playing off the cuff, I think. And I'm like, I got to get more plays into that just to see what I would do differently with that. And then um, we played Go Nuts for Donuts. That's kind of a silly <laughs> game to just kind of pass the time. I thought that was uh, super fun, too. So, yeah, the, the only thing that was a little hard with the Villages of Valeria I wish we had like you can put like a light over uh, your name or something to note like if you when you finish your action because yeah. it was we kept like uh, I don't know how close zoomed in you had your board we were a little zoomed in so we can actually read everything mm-hmm. yeah so like when we were waiting for the other players to go like in, until they said done we didn't even know if they were doing the actions or not <laughs> but I think if we can streamline that like uh you know we should make it like a ringtone everyone has to just mm. set their phone to that sound yeah yeah <laughs> well that that part's tough when you're playing an app like that because like we were doing like there's probably a lot of strategy when you take you know your your uh location cards and put them on the other location cards i was just like oh random location spot to put it boop you know <laughs> so yeah. just like i could screw everyone else over but I, at this point i was like i don't care boop boop because like our online game is saved like we're halfway through about but yeah. I think if we were all around the table, we would have been done the game in that time. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think we definitely would have been done or close to it at least. Yeah, it takes some learning, but hey, it's just like anything online, I think. You know, you just got to go go with the flow. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm just happy for Tabletopia because I actually get to play games with you as opposed to us going, man, we got to try this on Skype or something. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I, I really do, regardless of the... You know, the things that are hard to figure out, I really like the app, and it's cool to be able to play with it. I mean, it's again, it's just like when Roll20 came out for role-playing, everyone's yeah. just like, this is amazing, you know, and now that now that we have something like this, it's it's fun. I'm glad I was able to introduce you to a long shot via Tabletopia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was fun. All right, well, so, well, kind of branching out from that, let's talk about, we. Dan had, uh, Dan and Kim had suggested about picking out a, the our uh, ten by ten basically. If you've never seen it, the ten by ten challenge is basically play ten games ten times. Why don't we quickly go over that? I'll kind of start first. What I did when, or what we did when, me and Tracy came up with our ten by ten is we wanted to do games that we haven't played a lot or games that we haven't played at all. Um, so um, here I'll just go through them quickly. Some of them we already talked about: Champions of Midgard, Parfum, Fresco. Pandemic Legacy, just because we Ooh. got we got it, and we're like, okay, we're not even through February yet. We need to get through this game. Quadropolis, Imperial Settlers, just because I told Tracy, I said, when we play this game, we play it once, and then six months later, we six months later we play it again, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I want to get a strategy. Power Grid, which we've had forever and have not played. Islebound, which Dan and Kim got us, and we haven't opened yet. Um, <laughs> Above and below, just because that'll just kind of round out the whole series. And then uh, Mike got me Epic Resort for Christmas. And that looks like a fun little deck building game. So um, we haven't played that yet. So I want to get into playing that just to figure out how that game works. So nice. that's our 10 by 10. What are some of the ones on yours? On mine? Okay. Well, obviously, the first one had to be Talisman. 
because you know because that's your favorite game I talk to to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to play that i i've never played that game either oh my god yeah. you're missing out <laughs> well we, we like to do the uh home rule of if you die you just die because i know yeah. sometimes it could be too much for people that's why yeah. a lot of people, when I mention Talisman, they just, like, roll their eyes. I'm like, <laughs> no. Because they think that if we play Talisman, it's going to be an all-day event. But I figure, like, we have um, one of the expansions that come with uh, the Reaper. And mm-hmm. it's basically death follows you around. Oh, wow. And he can kill you. So I was like, you know what? If you die, how about let's not pick another character. You just die. Yeah. So I figured we'd do that. Of course. And then I had to do post-explosion on there. That's the only one I actually got done out of the 10 for 10 challenge because I haven't really been able to play any of the other games. I do like the first game can go 40 hours and the next game is like 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then the the Pathfinder adventure card game. Yeah. God, Dan, that game was awesome. Yeah. Dan got me the uh, Mask and the Mummy. Yeah. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, How was that? That one's good. I like it because it's the whole Egyptian themed. Yeah, that's so, cool. I haven't played that one yet. I want to play. I just want to buy all those fucking games yeah. and play them. I <laughs> yeah. love them. The new twist in this one is um, because what's kind of cool is they put it like a little spin on each of them to make it something different. Mm-hmm. Like Skulls and Shackles has like you can actually uh like randomize loot like pirate booty. The Wrath of the Righteous I think is the one before this. Mm-hmm. There's actually like uh, corrupted items that you can cleanse and they become new items. Like you can actually oh. like unlock new magical goods and shit. Cool. This one, actually, uh, one of the cool things in this one is traps, oh. where there's a ton of crap now. Like, there's an oracle that can, like, see the top card of a deck. I think, like, the rogue eventually can do it. There's, like, a few different things that can do it, but there's these trap cards where if when you look at the top of a deck, this is the card, you must encounter it immediately, even if you're not at that location. So that adds, like, a new twist where it's, like... Well, you know, it's good to look, so you know if the person there can do it, but at the same time, if it's trapped, now you might be in trouble. So, like, it, it adds an interesting idea, and the new classes are pretty cool, too. Like, in this one, they got, like, the Slayer, the Pyrokinetic, Oracle. Yeah, just, like, you know, like, very, like, not the standard linear characters, like Cleric, Wizard, you know, Fighter, and stuff like that. It's, like, all, like, the new hybrid classes. I'm, I'm dying to see if they ever make the Brawler as one of the decks. Mm-hmm. But what's kind of cool is uh, I actually want to get the uh, the Alchemist class deck now just because of this oh. game where it's like, this thing is pretty cool and I, I dig playing it. Maybe I'll, you know, if I'm going to play a new character, oh, maybe I'll just pick up this class deck and really explore, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then we're playing with two players. Each person can have two characters. That way um, you don't really feel... Uh... Like you're getting your ass handed to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like happens. every game. That's a that's the that that's the cool thing I think about that game too. It's regardless of how much you at, how much you get your ass kicked, you still want to play. <laughs> yeah, a lot of times I think that could be a negative, you know. Yeah, and then I also put, uh, of course, Age of Empires, because I won my first game of it. So I figured <laughs> we'll try we'll try to keep. Um, working on my strategy for like Euro games because I like to play Euro games now. I'm not great at them. <laughs> I'll I'll win one in a blue moon, but I want to fix fix my uh, strategies on how to play them. I uh, think that's something we should do too. I think we should keep percentages of how how much we won and lost. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of a cool thing to see. That's a, that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. My ten by ten. I'm noting who played and who won. Yeah, nice. just to try to uh, keep track <laughs> of that. That's cool. And then uh, Crossmasters, Crossmasters Arena. Yeah, it's that's like the chippy things I wanted to. Continue yeah, with 
Yeah, I should put that on there too because I've only pl- I, we have that and I, we've only played it once too. And I'm like, man, really want to play that again. Yeah, that, that's a really good game. And then uh, somehow I looked away for a minute, and then when I looked back, Mage Wars appeared at the bottom of my ten by ten list. So uh, that looks like your handwriting. It, yeah, it's so fancy. So <laughs> I guess I got Mage Wars on my ten for ten, but yeah. it's good because I actually made my very first book. I haven't tested it yet, but I actually like made it on my own. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> That's uh, not my fault. Like I'm still missing four games. I want to look at the stuff we still have shrink wrapped because there are games <laughs> we still haven't opened yet. And yeah, um, I was thinking of putting Kemet on, but I want to take a look Ooh. at Kemet before we actually play it. You should just put it on. And yeah, you probably should because what I've heard with other people that have played it, they want to play it a bunch. So yeah. There you go. Let's just give you a pen right now. No, this blue pen's gonna knock out the whole weird black pen. It's fine. And I was also, <laughs> I was also thinking um, of putting down. Oh my god, what is what is that game? I think um, Kemet's on table, Tabletopia too. We'll have to play that. Yeah, Kemet yeah. is a game Kemet. that uh, nobody like. Colony. Sorry, that was the other one. Oh, cool. that's your game. I was one? thinking about yeah, because we were playing a little bit yesterday. And I don't know. I like the uh, the fact that you roll die and you place dies if they're workers. Yeah, I'll say, we'll play another game of it, and if you dig it, throw yeah. it on your list. So I only got a few games on my ten by ten because I'm because you're uh, a fucking cheater. That's why. Yeah. Well, I figure because uh, <laughs> I don't want it to be where I buy some new game and I go, "Well, oh, I can't play this. So I gotta do my ten by 10. Hey, guess what? You don't have to <laughs> do your ten by ten all the time. You yeah. can play another game too. You know. True, but <laughs> don't be a fucking nerd. You can do whatever. I know. <laughs> I'm a paladin. If I give my word, I'm gonna do this ten by ten challenge. Oh jeez. Oh wait, no. What's that other one? Anti-paladin. There Anti-paladin. we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna poison my ten by ten. <laughs> so I got Mage Wars, Mage Wars, Mage Wars Academy. No, he Mage... no, <laughs> no but uh, Mage Wars is definitely on there. Mage Wars, I actually bumped up to a one by twenty. Because uh, I want to try to start playing that, like, twice a month to, like you were almost saying, like, just keep working on strategy and, like, refinement. Yeah, definitely. Empire's Age of Discovery, too cool to not put it on the list. Um, he copied from me, by the way. He saw me put it on the list. Yeah. He's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, I put it in the same spot, same handwriting and everything. I just Xeroxed our list. I also have Talisman, no, Pathfinder, Vegacard. I put Roll for the Galaxy on there because that game is awesome. And uh, I figure I'm only going to write down every other time I play it. Just so I can guilt people into like, oh man, I only played this three times on my 10x10. 10 10. And they'll all be like, but we played it three times. I'm like, yeah, you're the only one that plays it with me. And then like my next, the next time one of my friends is there, I'm going to be like, hey man, can you help me out? Yeah, we already played it three times. Yeah, but you're the only one that plays it with me. Because <laughs> uh, I think that game is just crazy fun, man. Like I really dig that race and roll for the galaxy universe and artwork and everything. Yeah, I, I, it's super fun. That's on there. One of the others is I actually uh, recently picked up the Mayfair game Colonists. And people are noting that like uh, it's like a game that takes the span over, like I think, four eras. Mm-hmm. And the game is anywhere from 30 minutes to four hours. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like if you that play... Sounds, a f- that sounds like not fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, if you play a one-era game, it, it's only like 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Oh, okay, but if you that. actually play all four eras, like you're looking at many, many hours. I'm like, that sounds pretty damn dope. I Because I like sometimes... I don't mind spending like a whole day with a game. Like we did that with Forge Wars once or oh, twice. And that was great though. It's fun. Forge Wars. How do you have this much time in your life? I mean, seriously. 
when we're both off. Yeah, the fact that I know Sundays are my fixed day off kind of makes it where it's like, we'll set up like, hey man, last Sunday of the month, we're doing Forge Wars. If you want to play, come by. And if you don't want to play, don't ring my bell. You know. Well, here's a here's a question for you then, because I'm curious. So when you do these these marathons and stuff like that, do you have you ever played like one of your longer games and you thought to yourself this was a bad idea? Honestly, no, but we've never we haven't played any of the longer games with like five people. It's okay, usually so how many do you usually do then? Usually like two to four. Like if it's like me and Kim have done a few of them, but um like one of my friends like wanted to do uh like you know like epic gaming and but like if they're into it, like if somebody else suggests it it's always good. If I have to search out people, I'd rather not even try it. Because I think that's what leads to the bad thing. Because where if somebody goes, yeah, sure, I'll do that. There's a good chance that like by hour two, they'll be like, why did I fucking sign up for this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you even did that um, D&D game with George and Freddy. The... uh... Yeah, Conquest of Nerath. Like, um, that took a long time, too. That took a long time, and it was funny because we were like, all right, we'll play the short game to 10 points. And then when we hit 10 points, we're like, all right, let's play the medium game. That goes to 16. Mm-hmm. And then like once we hit that, we're like, well, screw it. Let's just go for the long game because we're here. So we made that game go longer because it was so <laughs> damn good. Like, and that's And the thing was, all of us were enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you it's know? really the players what makes the game good or not because oh yeah if you get the the players that are just too hardcore and take it too seriously mm-hmm. and like get angry at you like if you're not focused on the game that could be a horrible four-hour game but yeah. like if you're morally back you're you know relaxing yeah. you have fun with it it could be more enjoyable it's kind of yeah. like um because you were saying like pandemic legacy if you got like uh like if you're playing with your buddies and stuff like that and one of them's like, Damn man, like oh, like you know, we are on a losing streak, we gotta turn this around, we you know, we 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 can't let you know, we can't fail the people. Like it, you don't mind losing. But mm-hmm. when, if somebody's like, Oh, this is just this is just fucking stupid. We just keep losing, this is dumb, uh we're, we're not gonna be able to do this, uh, this game's dumb. You're like, Man, I get to play this anywhere from eleven to twenty two more times with you, awesome. You know, it's <laughs> like like, you know, the person that just makes it that much worse yeah uh like if things don't go the way they want where you know but yeah it it is or if you or if you have the person where we don't play with this person anymore but there used to be a person where every time they took their turn it was like they were having an internal monologue in their head for three hours and you're like (laughs) just take your fucking turn before i murder you it's like it's and meanwhile you're playing like machi kuro you're like you only have four dollars you either fucking buy the bakery or you don't let's go seriously this no that's like every game with this person (laughs) you could be playing jacks and they'd be like oh how do i bounce the ball So yeah, we we haven't seen it for a while, but a buddy of ours, uh, Frank, he he has bad AP with his games, but uh, it's funny because he knows it, and anytime he plays a long game with people, he always brings out uh, pizzas by, and he's <laughs> like, and he goes, I know I take a long time, and that's why I bring pizza. Nice. <laughs> that's awesome. He's like, all right, that works for me, man. Yeah, yeah. As long as you've got an excuse. Yeah, because it's like, oh, it's Frank's turn. Let's grab a slice. You know, <laughs> that's awesome. It's a smart move right. by the guy. All right, and that was our now playing and our ten by ten. And now, the worst board game comedian. So I was playing Catan the other day, and I didn't have enough sheep to create a settlement. You might say I was 
sheep out of luck. Get it, sheep out of luck. Terraforming Mars, more like terror-forming Mars. Because it's so hard to do. Hard. My daughter just turned three years old. We're thinking of changing her name to Seven Wonders. Seven Wonders. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Alright, Dan, you wanted to talk about this guy, so let's let's find out more about Alexander Feister. Or Fister. Fister. <laughs> Alexander Feister Fister. I was gonna say Fister, you barely know her. So <laughs> <laughs> Kim used that joke and I, I wanted to pay tribute to her. Nice. So yeah, Kim's no longer with us. There was a fire. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, so Alexander Fister. So on a personal note, I wanted to give a spotlight to this guy because in, in my eyes, this guy is just becoming like an unstoppable juggernaut of game design, man. Now, as, as you may know, I'm also a bit of a fan of wrestling, you know? No. So, <laughs> so all I was doing the other weekend was uh, just playing tons of the WWE Network and playing some Alexander Fister games. So, like, one kind of fed into the other because I was getting amped up, <laughs> like, off of wrestling, which made me amped up to win more games in the, during our Alexander Fister, like, game-a-thon and everything. And it's kind of funny because, like, uh, as you may know, the Royal Rumble is coming around the corner. You know, 30 men, only one winner. And I was almost thinking, like, when it comes to designers as of late, there's a lot of people that make really good games. But every so often you see, like, a dud here and there or something that's just, like, very outside of their wheelhouse and it doesn't work. Fister hasn't had that, man. Like, if you were to have the Royal Rumble of game designers, he can be the number one entrant, and he's still going to be there at the end. Like, he is going to win the Rumble and go on to win the title. Because uh, he's already won, like, Henry Spiel the Yaris nominations and stuff like that. And the reason is because his games are just, they're blockbusters, right? So, All right, do, do, hold on, pause. I want you to do, like, a short, like, I don't know, 20-second thing where you're, like, either introducing Fister or Feister or whatever as uh, like doing an entrance or something like that. And then I'll add some, I'll add some wrestling background noise to it. <laughs> Sounds cool. So it doesn't make a difference if you want to talk thematic or abstract. When there is one designer that's going to bring it home, you know it's Alexander Fister. You can bring on your Felds, you can bring on your UAs, but there is only one man that people are going to remember 20 years from now. And that is Alex the Fister. Fister. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. If I can cut a promo like Paul Heyman, I'd be getting paid like Paul Heyman. All right, so I'm going to kick off the list with two of my favorites, Port Royale and Oh My Goods. Now, Port Royale, it's a deck of 120 cards, and it's worth 120 plays. It's a simple push-your-luck mechanic, and it's all about like pirates exploring for gold and conquest and things like that. It's really easy. It's like basically it's you're flipping over cards, and you're going to find crewmen that have like different victory points and stats. And then these boats with gold coins on them. Now, if you have some pirates, you can fight the boats off. Why would you do that? 
Because if you get two boats of the same color, bam, you bust, your turn is over. But what makes this game really cool is most of these like push your locks. It's one person doing something and everyone else watching them going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're done. Oh, cool. Now I go and do something. In this, every push your luck thing actually means something because there's five different color ships, right? And what's cool is on each of the ships, they even tell you like the rarity and how tough they can be. So if you get like a weak ship or like, you know, if you see this ship, this like, this is the weakest, this is the strongest to let you know, like, hey, check out your crew. Should you be messing with this? Like, do you really want to push your luck? Do you think you can handle yourself? But if you get one, two or three different color ships, you just get one pick. But if you get four different colored ships, you get two picks. And if you get all five colored ships, you get three picks. I have never seen this happen yet because we have always busted. <laughs> <laughs> And it's great because you always see that glint of greed. Like people are like, no, I can do this, which is great that the game makes you feel that. Like, you know, you start getting like that winner's high, you get the shakes, you know. But what's really cool, though, is after you take your pick, you go clockwise around the board. Everyone can pay one coin to you to take one of those remaining cards. So say like a three treasure comes out and you're like, no, man, I, I really I need a pirate. I'm going to keep going until I get a pirate. Pirate comes out, you buy him. And I go, okay, here's one coin to you. I'm taking that ship that you didn't. Now I just got three coins. You know, so like I still netted myself a gain, things like that. It's really cool because it plays fast. It's very easy. And the, the big thing is like a first to 12 points. And you mm -hmm. can even like send crewmen out on these expeditions. Like the expeditions will have crew requirements. And if you do those, they're worth bigger points and you get some gold coins. Mm-hmm. And the abstraction comes in with where the back of the deck shows like a skull and crossbones with a gold doubloon. So face down cards are the gold coins. So the money you have might actually be the most dangerous black ships in the seven seas, but you don't know because they're face down. So mm -hmm. when you're pushing your luck, you're like, well, I mean, we haven't really seen any. Maybe somebody has them as money. And then one turns over and you lose. And you're like, damn it, fuck, fuck, fuck. But it's <laughs> awesome that you can do that, you know? I mean, the game is just awesome. It's like... It's actually uh, 7.1 on BGG. And the thing is, 4,500 ratings. Yeah. So, I mean, you can take that to the bank. Or, you know, put it in a wooden chest and bury it on an abandoned island and come back in 20 years with your map. You know, either way. So, I'm going to ask you a question on that, on that game. Do you think, because it seems like there's a lot of different aspects to that game. Do you think that the theme of it fits perfectly? Does the theme seem to bring out the game? Or do you think that you could basically slap anything on that on that game and just call it as that theme? You probably could put some other themes on it, but it it seems to work right. Like the captain lets you gain greater rewards, which makes you know, like that makes sense. There's actually a Mademoiselle that makes hiring crew cheaper because I guess people oh, like nice. to work at a place where somebody's pretty. Um, you know, <laughs> things like that. The pirates have like um, variable strengths, so some pirates are better than others. It's not like, oh, pirates out one sword. Like you might get a pirate that's two swords, which will help you fight off even stronger ships. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could, you could probably retheme it, but I feel like it would be a ball buster. Mm -hmm. Like, you know how like sometimes you play a game and you're like, oh, this can easily be running a car factory or magic or whatever. Like, yeah. I mean, if this was like wizards, it'd be like, yeah, I don't know. But yeah. it just kind of works, you know? Yeah, nice. And if I remember correctly, <laughs> Franz something. Wow, I'm actually drawing a blank on this one. The artist, though, it's the same dude that does, like, the art for the Agricola stuff. Oh, okay. And all that. 
Yeah, so it's pretty cool art. And he actually does the art for multiple of his games, which makes me even happier. Um, yeah. Franz Clemens. There you go. Some people bitch about his art style. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think he does yeah. great. But yeah, it, it's it's super cool. I And I see that you can kind of get it a little more readily available. Like when I ordered it, I got it through Amazon, but it came in through Germany. So I got it like seven weeks later. Even if you have to do that to get this game, it's pretty cheap even with that. I think it was like $18 when I got it. Yeah. And um, I, I probably got about 30 plays of it so far. Nice. You know, because it's, it's like I said, small box. You can carry it with you anywhere. And it's super easy to teach and it's super fun. Now, with that same idea of abstraction, like where the coi- uh, cards represent coins, mm-hmm. oh my goods, the cards represent goods, mm-hmm. right? Instead of like a push your luck, this is more of like a town builder. Okay. So you start out with like just a, a mill, right? Like, I'm sorry, not even a mill, um, like a charcoal uh, production. And charcoal is only worth like one coin for each card on it. So the goods on top of charcoal are worth one coin each. And you can use your coins to make new buildings, right? So there's a couple of different resources. Like there's wood, there's actually uh, wool, wheat, brick, and stone. And the reason you're actually getting those goods is not to build buildings like most games... Like, cause you know, like every time you see a game, it's like, oh, wood and stone. I use those to make that, that bakery or something. Mm-hmm. You don't do that in this. You actually buy the bakery, but the bakery will use other goods to now make bread and bread is worth say three coins per good. So every card on top of the bread factory is three. And then you might use that bread to make uh, meals where it's like now this new building actually uses a bread from this production place to make this new good. And that new good is worth like six coins each. So it's this interesting idea of like production chains and producing goods to amass more wealth. And you use that wealth to develop your little city. And, you know, each building is different victory points and it's the first to build eight buildings. So it has a little of that, like, you know, you don't want to dilly dally, Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh man, I'm going to build this big thing and I'm going to start making stained glass and then I'm going to use that stained glass and I'm going to go over here and once I produce iron, I'm going to use those irons to make these tongs and those tongs are super expensive and it'll be great. And then somebody goes, the game is over and you're like, wait, what the hell? I only got four buildings. What do you mean it's over? Because mm-hmm. you're trying to build all this expensive shit instead of being productive, you know? Yeah. What's really cool is the center row has like a shared resource pile that will be used to activate the buildings. So say like your charcoal factory requires one wood and one wheat to like, you know, produce charcoal. Cause I'm sure that's what it's made out of. Right. I think it's like wood and wheat. Yeah. <laughs> and actually what's interesting is all the buildings are different. Like two same buildings will require different goods, you know? And it's like, um, so they'll be in the center and that's like a, a community pool. So if your buildings need that to produce those things, it's already covered. If not, you can use cards in your hand. So you can kind of help mitigate like bad luck by using cards from your hand to still produce the things you need. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's another like slightly abstract. It's a little more involving than Port Royale, like a little thinkier. Mm-hmm. But uh, the game blew me away the first time I played it. Like the first game I played of it, I was like, this is pretty damn cool. Then like the 10th time I played it, I'm like, this game is fucking awesome. <laughs> and then the 20th time I played it, I'm like, all right, my now driving goal in this game is to make awesome production chain and see if I can actually like know when I'm going to end the game. Like if I can start 
pinpointing the moment of the big turn, you know? Mm-hmm. And what's really cool about this is there's actually an expansion. It's called, I'm going to butcher this name, Longsdale and Arferer. <laughs> yep, you definitely butchered it, even though I don't know how I would say it. Well, all right. So it's, Arferer. It's, <laughs> Sounds like you were a dog. Arferer. <laughs> that or I'm saying King Arthur and I have a spoon in my mouth. Um, <laughs> you know what? Let's try this because it's, uh, it's a German name. Let me try again. It's the Longsdale and Arferer. There Sorry, you go. Yeah. Um, it adds like new elements, including like a campaign and a like semi co-op mode and all these other ideas, which is awesome for like a little card game. Like, mm-hmm. can you imagine if like love letter had a campaign mode or something like that sounds awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, right. For sure. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, the Bishop died in the last game. You don't get to use him for the next two until a new Bishop's elected. And then, you know, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's again, tiny box, so much game in that box, a, a absurd amount of fun and just the fact that it's a simple card game that's so thinky mm-hmm. you know it's it's so damn rewarding and just so it's one of the few games where anytime somebody goes like you know it's like oh man i'm kind of tired i gotta go to bed hey you want to play all my goods all right i'll do that first you know like 30 <laughs> more minutes I, I can skip bed for 30 minutes nice. um all right so we're gonna move on to a little heavier have you heard of the game mombasa Yes, I have. Have you seen the artwork in it or any of the like? Uh, I probably grabs? have. I, to tell you the truth, it's been a bit, so I don't think I can't think of it at the top of my head. All right, so this game over 4K ratings and it's an 8.0. So you know, I mean, and you know how stingy board game geek members are with their scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a card game like the previous two. This game combines area control, action programming, card drafting, deck building. It's just, it's insane the amount of elements that come together and even more maddening is how it works out so damn good. You know, normally when there's a lot of elements in a game, you find something that's a little weak. You know, it's like, oh, like the resource thing is cool. I don't know. I wish you got more wood or like, oh, you know, the drafting is all right, but uh, the cards, you know, the cards are really similar. None of this is like that. Like everything feels pretty unique. And the whole, like the whole flow of the game is basically like, Players are investing in these companies that are developing in Mombasa and you're spreading influence of these companies to reap rewards. And you want the company that you invest in the most to do the best, but you can kind of start riding the coattails of somebody else's success. Like if somebody is like really going crazy somewhere, you can be like, all right, well maybe this, you know, putting this much into this company is not a good idea. Let me actually jump ship, which not to like, you know, you're not the company you are merely an investor in the company. So if you think like, quote unquote, you're doing bad, you can abandon that, which most games don't let you do, you know? And what you're doing in this game is like, you're using your hand of cards to perform like additional actions. You're garnering fuel for like a point point driven engine. And on top of that, you got a limited number of rounds. There's like a gem track where, you know, you can advance. There's these knowledge cards, all these things like that. I mean, like, this game leaves your brain burning and your heart full of desire to explore the board again because the biggest thing with this is, you know, like, you're actually, you're holding your head in your hands afterwards, like, oh, man, like, you know, like, you're a little dizzy and shaken after a game of Mombasa. But once you recover, you're like, all right, I kind of want to play that again now. (laughs) (laughs) It is really, really good. On a side note, that was actually uh, our first foyer into uh, the world of Alexander Pfister, and 
we couldn't believe how cool this game was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, des- like design just took us by storm, captivated us, and uh, it's it's one of the games that uh, you know what I'm saying it here live on the air. It's gonna go on my ten by ten. Mombasa is done. <laughs> nice. So I have a couple of questions. What was that? So, well, it's statements, questions, whatever. Just looking, I'm actually looking at the images of the game right now. Part of it just makes me think the layout of it. I know it's not the same, but the, it makes me think of the look of it makes me think of Waterdeep. So as soon as I see this, I'm like, well, of course, Dan's in because it's got <laughs> a lot of places to put a lot of pieces and there's a lot of pieces and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's um, so like so you see how there's like all the buildings on the board of different colors. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the companies actually spreading into the territories, and then you gain rewards based on what that land offers. And plus, the companies themselves open up more things as they expand too, which is awesome. Yeah, super involving, but super cool. So here's <laughs> the next hit: broom service. Now this is the one that I gotta admit it breaks my heart. I haven't gotten to play it yet. But my boy Mark has promised me he's going to bring it in two weeks so I can finally play this thing. 2015, Kennerspiel de Yaris winner. And it's another one of his games where it's simple choices with devastating decisions. Mm-hmm. Basically, you get a hand of 10 cards and you're going to choose four roles to perform, right? Now, this is a mechanic that's similar to like in Glass Road. Basically, mm-hmm. what it is is like each role has a brave and a cowardly action. So the cowardly action might be like, oh, collect one resource of this. And the brave is collect two of them, right? Now you're probably like, ooh, fortune, for, for, you know, fortune favors the bold. I'm going to go brave. If anyone plays a cowardly action that matches your brave action, you get nothing. Nice. I like that. So, you know, you kind of want to go cowardly because it's a guarantee. But if you keep going cowardly and someone else goes brave, they're going to get more stuff, and they're probably going to win. Yeah, that's one that I, I always see, and I'm always like, gosh, that looks like fun. Room service? Uh, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and I always see it at BAM, because it's always sitting there, and I'm like, obviously, somebody likes it, because it's sitting there. So with broom service, is it is the theme of it, you know, I I, understand, I see it's witches and potions and stuff like that, but is does it have kind of a fairy tale background to it? Because that's almost kind of what it sounds like to me. Yeah, that see, that's the thing I'm really curious about. Like, because the objective is basically collecting ingredients, maneuvering about the board, and delivering the potions, like, over seven rounds. Like, it's another game with one of the clocks. I don't I don't think it's actually based off of anything. I know that Broom Service was actually, like, a re-implementation of a game from, like, about, like, eight or ten years ago, from what I heard. Okay. I, I don't know what the original was, but basically, from what I gather, he cleaned it up, tightened it up, you know, added the theme, and then made Broom Service. Like I said, it, it's it's killing me that I haven't played it yet because Glass Road is a UA Rosenberg game, actually, but it features a similar idea of, you know, like these roles where there's two actions, but if anyone else plays them, you only get one. Okay. In this, it's like you get a better action, and if anyone plays it, you get nothing. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Like, that's cutthroat <laughs> shit. Where it's like, if I'm like, hey, Kurt, you looking at those mushrooms? All right, I know what role I'm choosing. And now you're like, God damn it. Like, would he screw with me? He would screw with me. All right, I should go weak. Yeah, but what if he doesn't? Oh, maybe I should do it strong. Yeah, but then I won't get anything if he does. Like, it's awesome that 10, you know, you're choosing four out of 10 things, but that the game can give you that much anxiety and pressure. Yeah, it's good. It's like a pressure luck thing. Um, I'm looking at Board Game Geek because, of course, they would know Witcher's Brew is the remake. It's a remake of Witcher's Brew. Yeah, and I mean, like, this game... Uh, People seem to dig it, and like I said, it, I, somehow I just I missed the boat on it, and 
our local group, nobody has it. And I was mm-hmm. mentioning it. And like I said, um, my buddy Mark was like, oh, yeah, I'll bring my copy the next time we get together. And I'm like, yes, absolutely <laughs> that. And also it's in stock at our local gaming store. So if I'm super uh, swept up in this one, I'm going to probably sweep it up right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm guessing you probably will. <laughs> yes. Mm, addiction. <laughs> All right, so another one of his games, Isle of Sky, another multi-award winner. Uh, This game is, it pits two to five players against each other, and it has like this unique bidding mechanic that you're using to systematically get these titles, uh, tiles to make the greatest land. The turns are actually like pretty easy, and this game is awesome. You have a little private player screen. Beginning of the turn, you receive your income, which in the very first turn is like five coins. You're going to draw three tiles from the bag, Destroy one, i.e. put it back in the bag, and now you have two behind your screen. You can put any number of your coins on top of those tiles, and then everyone lifts their screen at the same time. You go around the board, each player can buy one tile from another player. However many coins you put on that tile is the price. So let's say you have a tile that has like two coins on it and another tile with one coin on it. I want that one with the two coins. I pay you two. You take your two back off of that tile. Now you got four, but I got your tile. Now it's your turn to buy from somebody. You look at Tracy, and now you have four bucks. So that tile that she has with three coins on it, because it's super awesome, you go, I'll be taking that. And then like Tracy, you know. But what's cool is in the middle of the board is all these different scoring zones. Each scoring zone will trigger at three points in the scoring phases. But it's like turn one. You're going to score for uh, options A and B. And then turn two, you're going to score options C and D. And then like turn three, you're going to score A and C. And then turn four, all right, you score B and D. So it's like all your scoring objectives are important, but it's like, oh man, well, all right, uh, should I put this tile here? Because then I'll get this thing. Oh, but wait, if I put it here, next turn, it'll actually score four points instead of the two points I would get this turn. So again... It's like a simple gameplay where there's this awesome scoring mechanic. Like if it was just the tiles and just the bidding, the game would be cute. It would be pretty fun. You'd play it like three or four times and be like, all right, that was I'm good with that. But that scoring thing really, like, you know, it really turns the screws on you. You really want to figure out. I was originally thinking long game. Kim started annihilating me. She jumped ahead like 12 points on turn three. I'm like, oh, shit. Because I was like, let me get a money engine so I can do this and that. Didn't matter. Like, she was getting a money engine just on happenstance while I was really trying to make things happen, you know? <laughs> on top of that, there's, like, bonus scoring for having, like, tiles, like, in certain uh, ways. Like, having enclosed areas and all this stuff like that. The scoring tiles are also randomized. You're only using six, and I believe there's 11 or 13 in total. So it's randomized what you're going to use and stuff like that. But... It is really cool. That bidding mechanic stands out. I really like it. I'm sure some other game has it somewhere, but I have yet to play it if it does. I really enjoy the fact that you're setting the price. Like, So if you think this tile is so goddamn awesome and you're like, you know what? If anyone wants it, this thing is five coins. They got to pay five coins if they want it. Now, if nobody buys it, you're paying your five coins, but you already agreed to that. Mm-hmm. It's just that if somebody does buy it, you're like, well, I got five and now I take your five and I got 10. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, the world is your oyster for the future rounds. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. you got 10 bucks plus your income. Who's going to stop that? 
Yeah, it's just you like know. someone having prime real estate. It's like, of course, I'm going to make this a higher up price because, you know, I I know that this is right next to the water or right next to the stadium or, you know, whatever. So, of course, I'm going to make it in this game five coins or whatever. You yeah. Know, on this other one, you'd be like, OK, this one's OK. So maybe one coin, you know, or like, you know, do I want to waste my coin on that? Maybe I should just save it for later, you know, so a lot so, of a lot of a lot of cool options in this game even though i've never played it just just by you know your description of it and looking at some of the pictures on board game geek it looks like there's a lot of different ways to play this game and not any two are going to be the same unless you make make it that way yeah it, it is and that's another thing too it is a beautiful to look at game here's what's kind of funny um part of the thing that helped kim annihilate me was i neglected what was going to be the next scoring zone and it was like, you know, like having animals, you know, like X amount of spaces from your barn. Mm-hmm. One of my tiles, I didn't want her to take the other tile. So I made one tile, like just one coin to tempt her away from the other. Because I did, I wanted to bank up a little. Like I made like one of them three coins and the other one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, it'll tempt her to take the one. The one had a barn on it. And she had a barn in a spot touching two, like, uh, two or three cattle. And mm-hmm. this barn was to, able to go on the other side. So it was touching those like same three cattle. Mm-hmm. So when she scored, she got double scoring. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God damn. Like, I handed her six points. Yeah. And I have no one to blame but me. You know? <laughs> but it was like, and it was, and she's just like, oh, thank you. And I'm like. Uh, you're welcome whatever and then 10 <laughs> seconds later in scoring i'm like oh no but um yeah but again it's like it's that element of it could have been a very simple game and the fact that he made it have this level of intricacy that makes you want to go at it again because like as soon as Ki- like you know like i said t- turn three kim was in the lead you can only imagine how bad it was at the end of this game <laughs> you know i I, th- I think she had triple my score or some shit because oh, that scoring thing happened two more times yeah you know so it's like oh more points for you i get two you get 10 <laughs> i get three you get 12 you know it's like you know like but i mean i made it happen so it's not like i can hold it you know it's not like oh well you know you scummed me out of this it's like dumbass but yeah and even also placing the toy uh the tiles i almost became scottish for a minute there Place in the toils. Um, <laughs> but what's cool is, you know, like terrain has to match terrain. Like you can't have just water hitting dry lands. Like shoreline must be along shoreline and stuff. So like placing the tiles, factoring them into the scoring, making things work, all very, very cool. Now the last one, his most recent blockbuster, in fact, this game is so hot you can't even touch it. And I actually mean that literally because you can't buy it anywhere. It's blown out online. The only way you're getting this game is if you want to blow like 110 bucks on eBay. And that is the Great Western Trail. Now, this is like one of his highest. It's actually rated as 8.3 on the Board Game Geek and it has like 2,500 ratings so far. I think it's just going to constantly go on the rise. If you listen to, not that you need to, but if you did listen to any other board game podcast besides <laughs> this one, everyone is hailing praise for this game. You know, it's an it's like a gorgeous board, fine Western theme. You get to build up areas. You got hand management. You got like variable ways to obtain it. Like you can try to like diversify your herd to get more points or you can try to like just rake in off of these buildings and everything. 
So it's like a slightly uh, along the lines of like multiple paths to victory. I have yet to play it because it's unobtainable, unfortunately. Mm. Fun story. I called one of the other game stores in the area if they had it. And they were like, we do. And I'm like, please hold it for me. And when I got there, it was Saloon Tycoon. I'm like, oh, the hell is this? And the guy's like, that's what you call for. I'm like, no, Great Western Trail. And the guy goes, oh, man, I'm sorry. I get the two games confused. <laughs> Doesn't that big name on the cover tell you it's two different? Look at the fuck. Yeah, I was, you should not be working at a game store, buddy. <laughs> I was so, I was like losing my shit. Like, I <laughs> I called Kim at work. I'm like, I'm going out to Jersey. I'm going to go get this game. I'll see you in about an hour. Bye. I'm so happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> did, did not come home happy. <laughs> but yeah. Um, he should have gave you like a soda coupon or right something. something. I mean, come on, bastard. Or a hug. Yeah, tissue, no kidding. Tissue to wipe away my tears, something. And <laughs> it's also, mind you, he didn't have Great Western Trail at all. It's not like he put the wrong game on hold for me. They just uh, yeah. didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder That's if that cool. ever worked with something else. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Terra Mystica? Yeah, come and pick it up. And then they just give you like Agricola. Oh, it's yeah. like magic with plants. <laughs> yeah, it has an uh at the end, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what he asked for. Uh, Tara Agricola, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like this this game, people are bugging out for it. It looks awesome. I'm hoping in the next couple of months we see a, a reissue on this. I, mm. I don't know if you remember, like about a year ago, Isle of Sky, right off the heels of winning its awards, was also blown out everywhere. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's a little more readily available. I'm hoping Great Western Trail takes that same turn in a few more months. But yeah, I mean, all in all, uh, the thing that I think is so impressive is this is all in the span of just a couple of years. And I'm waiting to find his dud. Mm-hmm. You know, like all these games are, he finds a great way to get that hook where you're like, you know what? I, I kind of want to play this again. Can we play this again? Because I know I really messed up on this thing and I, I want to kind of do better now. Like, all of his games have that, which is awesome, because I think the best thing that you can get out of a game is when you fail or, like, blow it to immediately want to come back and try again, as opposed to, oh, this is dumb, like, you came in the lead and there was nothing I can do to stop you. Like, like that happened to Nile of the Sky, but that was because I was dumb and let him get that tile cheap, because I was, I was too busy thinking of my goal instead of the board. Yeah. You know? Can't blame anyone but me on that one. And yeah. That's what, like, instantly I was like, man, I want to play this again. And what's really cool is I like that it's also two to five. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, if you got, like, that uh, that extra buddy coming by, you guys can still do this at game night. It's not like, oh, well, this only goes to four, you know. Mm-hmm. Most of the other games do, though. Like, oh, my goods and Port Royale and all those. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question for you, then. When you think about uh, the different desires and stuff like that, someone, well, from what I hear, usually, people always say, I know this is an this is this person's game because of this. Is there a is when you play Alexander Fister's games? Is there it, do you is there something that you see in the gameplay look of it, theme of it, whatever that you think this is his game? You know what's funny? Now I do. Like I see that like all of his games have that deep level of you know it's like you know like you only got a few choices but man oh man is this the right one like you know it's like <laughs> it's almost like that uh let's make a deal do like you know like oh do you want what's in the box or behind the, the curtain mm-hmm. one of them is uh a sticker and the other is a car 
So make sure you choose Smart Buddy. Like it feels <laughs> like all of his games have that. And because mm-hmm. like we played Mombasa and we're like, this game is awesome. And then like a couple months later, I got all my goods. I picked up all my goods actually because of the art. Like, you know, I was like, I was like, oh, I love this artist. And this game and this game looks awesome. And it was. And I was like, man, this thing is really good. And like we played that like crazy. And then like Port Royale, like um, I saw like, oh, if you like, you know, all my goods, try Port Royale. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a slave to advertising. Let's do that. <laughs> and and then I found out all these games were made by the same dude. And I was like, holy shit. I'm like, I kind of see it. Like his games, it really got that hook factor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, they they have something about them that just keeps coming back. Yeah. So is it so is it something now because we're doing the spotlight you know, is, is it something where will you be looking out for that? Or is it something where it's like, you know, eventually when you're searching around and you're looking for games, if you see his name, then you'll try it. Or, you know, because I always wonder about that because, like, I'm I'm not necessarily that person that sees a certain designer and goes, oh, I love this game. And so, you know, I'm just going to keep looking out for their games and going for their games. Is that something that you think you would do with with him? Yeah, I mean, um, e- even without like uh, like I said, everyone on Earth is talking about Great Western Trail, but mm-hmm. the fact that I have yet to play a dud of his, and I'm also like, none of his games feel like they've gotten old yet. Yeah, you know, it's like I'll I'll play All My Goods right now. Like I'll play Mombasa. Well, not you know, like tomorrow because I got work in the morning. You know? <laughs> but like I would play any of his games on any given day because of. Like, I always feel I'm in it when I'm playing his stuff. That's, like, why I'm actually really looking to get Great Western Trail. You know, it's like, I'm not so into it that I'll, I'll blow $109 on eBay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a little nuts for a $60 game. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, he, he has definitely won me over, you know. Like, uh, and I mean, it's at that point where even if he made a dud, if you if you hit it out of the park seven times in a row, you know, I mean, like, th- this is, like, part of the reason why I was kind of giving the uh, the wrestling promo for him in the beginning. It, it makes me, I'm starting to think of, like, the Undertaker streak with this dude. <laughs> you know? It's like, everyone was flipping their shit when Taker lost. But you know what? Like, 22-1 and one is not a bad record. Like, if you can yeah. do that on anything, that's a pretty good run. Yeah, exactly. You know? I, and I'm, I'm still waiting for Fister to come into his Brock Lesnar, like, the first time he, something goes south where I, I don't dig the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's crazy. Well, cool. Well, that was Alexander Fister. Well, you know, just it's funny because I, you know, I like doing this. So then, you know, the people listening get to hear, you know, your opinion or our opinion on different things. But I, you know, even though even though we had talked about the different people that we wanted to spotlight, you know, I was like, well, let's, you know, let's just do somebody that I don't know because now just, you know, listening to you talk about these different games, I'm like, okay, well, obviously this is going to go on a wish list and this is going to go on a wish list because, you know, your explanation of them sounds great. And even with um, Great Western Trail, it's a game that, you know, I like a lot A lot of what Stronghold Games is coming out with. And when I saw the, the box art on Great Western Trail, I'm not a huge fan of Westerns just because... My dad used to watch them a ton when I was when I was younger, and Same I just here. couldn't stand it. And, <laughs> uh, and and I have a little bit more patience for it now, just because I don't have to see them every single five minutes of my life. 
But you know, I you know, I thought of this game is it's funny because you know we talked about it. Usually, I don't like to think of that stuff and go, well, I I don't know if I'd play that game. That was kind of what I did with this one. It was kind of like, well, that that seems kind of you know like maybe it would be neat, but I don't know if the theme would be you know up my alley. And now that you've explained it, I'm like, well, this sounds like a lot of fun. You know, I mean, again, I it will probably be like three years before I get to play it, but you know, but you know, <laughs> when it comes around, then you know, maybe I'll give it a shot, or maybe if you know we go to a convention and it's there to play, just play it just to see how fun it is. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if, when you're at a con, if you get a chance to play like Port Royale or Oh My Goods, what's nice is those are pretty quick playing times, like those are like thirty to forty minutes usually, mm-hmm. and that and that'll give you a taste of like that whole fister deal of interaction and. Because, like, what I love about all these games, too, is, like, Isle of Sky. Everyone's choosing their tiles at the same time. Everyone's putting their prices at the same time. And then you're just going around to do the buys, but it's keeping you involved. Because you can be like, you know, it's like, whoa, whoa, Mark, Mark, Mark. Yeah, I, I know you're looking at that tile. That looks pretty cool. But, you know, don't you, a cattle is going to score next round. I mean, I got the cattle here with five coins on it. I would say you should buy this. Like, you know, you get to interact. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, my goods. Everyone's everyone's doing everything at the same time you're assigning your worker to the production building you're checking out your goods you're building your building like everyone's going at the same time like there's no waiting port royale you want someone to push their lock because you're like oh man like please get a priest if you get a priest and i buy that shit i'm going on an expedition and i'm getting five points and i'll win like all these games have that as opposed to the like you know i mean ascension is fun but like you know in playing ascension it's like Okay, you draw two cards, you do this, you play that, you chain off of this, you do this. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. All right, you done? No? All right. Done now? Cool. All right, all right. In my turn. I'm going to play these cards. Like, that's all it is. And a lot of, like, a lot of Euro games kind of have that. I mean, like, when we play Lord, Lords of Waterdeep, it's pretty quick. But ultimately, unless I either block the spot you want or give you a mandatory quest, I'm not interacting with you too much. Yeah. Like, I can plead with you when it's like, oh, cool, I get two rogues and I have to give somebody one. I can be like, me, me, please give me a rogue. I got this card where I get a priest. I'll give you a priest too. Like, mm-hmm. But these games are super, like, super quick. Everyone going at the same time. Everyone doing selections. Everyone thinking of things. That's pretty nice. I like that you're, nobody's taking four minutes while somebody else might take 20 seconds. Like, everyone's doing everything together. That's actually like kind of like another like consistent theme in his games, which again like makes it pretty cool, you know. Well, any any closing thoughts that you have now that you've really talked about the great games of Alexander Fister? I think I actually already convinced myself to buy Broom Service, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, uh, I would say you know, um, even outside of all the Fister games, any of the games that you super enjoy, like if there's like one or two games that you have that you're like, man, like you know, I just can't get enough of this game. I just keep going back to it. Check out who the designers are and like jump on board Game Geek and see what else they made. Like I I a year ago I never thought of the name Alexander Fister and mainly because people were mentioning Great Western Trail, I was like, "Oh shit, the guy that did all my goods." You know, like that's what my hook was. Check out your favorite games designer, see what else is out there and like, you know, just explore some of their other stuff. Like you'll be shocked like, you know, what the guy that made your favorite game could have also made throughout the years, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's something with, you know, the, like I kind of said before, like it, it's something, it's kind of getting, it. it's something that before I wasn't exactly, I don't know, looking looking into, but I, I feel like that's something that would be 
you know, something for the future because it's like, obviously, if you like what this person did, it's it's a great idea to go and buy some of the other stuff. So then, you know, they, you know, get a little bit of cut of that money so then they can make the next great game that you might like, so. Yeah, and also let them know, you know, it's like, it's always good to like tweet out or Facebook these people because, especially if it's one of their older titles, like I found out, um, because I wrote to a designer a couple months back and he was like, wow, man, like, you know, it's like, I don't know anyone, like uh, people even still talked about that game. I made that thing like five years ago <laughs> and it was just really cool to like have a designer, you know, interact with like, you know, one of the, like, you know, his fans and also just like, you know, talk about like, like, oh yeah, you know, like, um, like take for example, like uh, Stephen Bonacore. He says one of the most, uh, like, he feels like underrated games in the Stronghold Library is Milestones, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just cool one time, like, you know, talking to him and asking him, like, what do you think is, like, the hidden gem in your uh, library? But as soon as he said that, I'm like, you know what? Let's check it out. And, like, you know, got in touch with somebody. Uh, you know, I picked up a copy. It was, like, it was blown out around here, but I did find uh, online somebody had one for trade. Got it. The game is awesome. Like, you know, it's... And, I, again, if, if I didn't ask Bonacore straight out... I probably, you know, I probably wouldn't have even thought like, oh, let me check out this, you know, this game Milestones and stuff. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Hells yeah. All right, people. Well, that's it for that. Um, if you- <laughs> that's, Wow, that was really terrible. I think that should um, be your new catchphrase. I that's know. That's so that for it. that. Yeah, that's <laughs> it for that. So, yeah. So, go out there. Try some Alexander Fister games. Go on our Facebook page, our uh, MFG Cats Facebook page. Or uh, at MFGCast on Twitter, tell us uh, what you think. If you've played the games or if there's games that you've always wanted to try, um, let us know. Let's get in that conversation. Uh, I actually had an idea before we got on to record this. And now that Dan made an offhand comment during the talking about a lot of this, I thought our next regular episode that we have that we usually talk about board game stuff, I thought that we could uh, focus on the obsession board gaming where we could talk about okay you know you find alexander fister's game and you're like well obviously i love this game so i'm gonna love every single other game and i'm gonna buy them you get to the point where you know you're like us and you buy a bunch of games you listen to a bunch of podcasts you make a podcast you uh, go to board game geek you talk about with your friends and you're like oh my god I have a problem. Kind of would like to focus on that. I think that would be a great episode for next time. So hopefully watch out for that in the future. And until then, I'm Kurt. This is Dan. And this has been the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.